Hello, remote friends. The information from this podcast is rich with remote support, but it's even more important that you go from information to application to get the best results possible. Remote work is here to stay, and we want to help you on your way. So let us know how we can support you even more by visiting remotepathways.com. There you will find a quick link to talk with us directly. Reach out to Jen for all your teamwork, leadership, coaching, and facilitation needs. And reach out to Michelle for developing a healthy, sustainable rhythm of life through spiritual practices, 90-day projects, and simple structures to support your remote working journey. Until we connect, thank you for listening. It's such an honor going remote together with you. Let's explore the remote world. Together we'll discover the people, places, and pathways to working remotely. We'll engage in great conversations, share tips and valuable resources, and connect you with voices from the field. Let's go remote together. Hey, Jen, here we are back again at the virtual table, ready to have another fabulous conversation. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Michelle. Good to be with you. As always, it's nice to connect today. I have to admit, I'm in a in my remote, remote working locale, as I like to call it. I've been privileged to be up here for about six weeks. So if people hear natural environment sounds around me, it's because I am in the wilderness spending some time. Oh, I love your remote, remote location, especially when you describe the view of the body of water that's in front of you. Sometimes it's so inviting. So what do you see out before you right now, Jen, for our listeners? For our listeners, and this is really important. In fact, there's been a lot of research done in recent months about the impact of our disconnection with the natural environment. So mm. even looking at photos or hearing about photos can have a, a, an uptick if you are not able to move out of your locale. So I'm looking out across a beautiful river that's slowly moving down about a kilometer down river. So half a mile down river is a falls. They used to run logs over the falls back in the late 1890s, early 1900s. And I only know that because this piece of property that I'm on right now was bought by my great grandmother in 1929 for $10. The same building is still here, which is why I, I am happy to be working from here. Uh, it's 93 years old. There's a lot of sweat equity that needs to go into maintaining a building that is just rustic, as we like to call it, but it carries on. So little story to uh, start off our back to work episode. So it is, yeah, back to work school openings in some interesting ways for 2020 are around the corner. I think each one of us listening probably has a different view outside of our window. Some kids going back to school, some kids not. I've been doing a poll this week because we've got to decide by the end of the week what happens in our family, but uh, good to be with you. Such a great opening and what an inspiring spot that you have to consider our back to remote work theme today. And in this episode, we're going to dip into plan, do, track productivity tips for the remote space. This episode is going to focus on taking you back to the workplace, productivity with a remote spin. Because for many professionals, their remote working experience is going to shift this year, just like Jen said. So with this in mind, let's take a look at remote work. Where are we going to go to first, Jen? This is your body of work. 
It's time to bring your voice to the table. Little did I know, two years ago, so uh, Coaching Business Builder, we're just celebrating our two-year anniversary. About three months after that, I started working on Plan Do Track for virtual remote professionals, because as you know, not every remote professional is a coach. And so out came Plan Do Track, which is what we're going to talk about today. It's interesting in the space of remote work, because as much as we've entitled today back to remote work, we're putting that in a bit of a parentheses, because I don't know about you, but certainly even today is a testament. Every day that I've tried to take a day off this summer, it just hasn't happened. Even with great boundaries, we might have still been working. So perhaps it feels like we're just continuing to work. Uh, although if we have children, if we have you know different things, I think often September is a bit of a signal of a pace change. So in today's episode, we're going to look at three main blocks. We're going to first look at planning. We do need time to plan for anyone who has really tried to just go organically through their day uh, in the remote space, it can cause some interesting challenges. So we're going to really talk about three keys around planning, then three keys around doing, because it's not just enough to plan, we really need to get into action. And a lot of the action in the remote space is dependent on us. So part of this is about motivation, our mindset, but it is about virtual and remote productivity in terms of the doing and execution. And then we're going to wrap up our call today with, of course, the track function or metrics. Great to have a plan, great to get it done, but what impact is it really having? So we'll wrap up with four areas around tracking. And I think that'll take us through our episode today. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a great remote journey. I'm ready to get started. So let's dive into these planning waters, right? It all starts with the plan. What are we planning? I love just, you know, our first talking point, if you guys want to go ahead and make a note on your paper, is about being bold around your planning approach. What does that look like, Jen? Being bold. Well, I think being bold might look differently for you than it does for me. It might look different for all of our listeners. But I think we want to really get a, a bit of a rhythm, an individualized rhythm for what planning can look like for ourselves. As Michelle and I went to sit down and record this, we brought out our different planners. So <laughs> Michelle has planned to track at her fingertips. Uh, given that I'm working remote, remote with a very small office space, I have like a micro planner that I use and analog as well, paper-based as well this summer. And I don't even have my own copy of Plan Do Track. So when I did my monthly planning a few weeks ago, I had to like create my own worksheets of monthly plans because writing things down is key. So be bold. Like what does bold mean for you? Does it mean having like full pieces of full scap on your back door? Does it mean having whiteboards everywhere you look? Does it mean having a little pocket guide that can fit in your back pocket? Or if you still carry a briefcase, you know, in your briefcase, um, be bold because we really want to be bold in our choices so that our choices match our style. And we do hope that you've listened to so many of our different episodes that have touched on remote working styles, remote strengths, We all see the world in different ways. So it makes sense that when we go to plan, we want to have different types of plan as well. So inquiry for you to hold. What does bold planning, quote unquote, mean for you? And maybe I'll just go to you, Michelle. Like when you hear the word bold planning, 2020 fall, what can bold planning 2020 fall look like for you and your work and your life? Yeah, I have to be intentional about actually putting that planning block on my calendar to plan, you know, block off a half a day, a full day, 
find a location um, that's somewhere outside of your normal distractions or everyday work. And yeah, that's why I love the plan do track because I can take that deep dive. I'm writing, I'm thinking through, I'm connecting it to my quarterly goals and my annual goals. And I can just do that, you know, heart engagement there and make sure that I'm still on the path that I intended to be on. Um, And then, you know, once I have that, I like to go to the written calendar as well and then follow up on my uh, Calendly or Google Calendar. Um, But I always write it down first, if possible. I shouldn't say always. I mostly write it down first and then add it to my digital because it does something in my brain to help me remember because we were going through so many changes. It's very easy to slip up and forget things right now. And you know, you're speaking Statement. to something that the research the, the research shows, right? The research shows our digital retention is so different from our analog retention. So just be noticing too how you're remembering things and what is what is showing up in terms of like, ooh, I forgot. Uh, I was just sharing with Michelle, like, I'm glad I'm online most of the days because as I get into writing, sometimes I forget, oh, I had a call booked. And thank goodness, a little alert will signal when someone's in my Zoom room. So really think through what does boldness mean? Um, you know, the planning, the planning blocks I wasn't going to talk about, but again, there's cognitive load that happens. And all that term means is it, it, it there's actual energy that we expend when we have to move from task to task. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the challenge today for many remote professionals has been this blend of uh, one minute I'm in a Zoom call, the next minute I'm doing some administrative tasks, the next minute I need to write a report. As you are going to schedule your own time blocks, really think through what is the, the the time needed for different types of tasks and what's the best matching of those tasks with each other so that you can really lighten the cognitive load. So much strategy I'm hearing. All right. So planning. Yeah, it's great. Well, you know, and I say this having worked, as you know, in the remote space, managing virtual teams for almost three decades now. And early on when I was young, yeah, it was easy to jump from project to project and think about my staff in location A to B to C to D. And over time, I started noticing like, wow, that's a lot of details to be managing, Mm -hmm. especially when we're not seeing people every day, because as quickly as our lives changed, so does our other person's life, our, our partners or our staff members. So really, you know, in planning, it will probably take longer than you think it will. Number one, use those blocks. And as you said too, Michelle, like let's make sure we're connecting it back with what's important. Otherwise, we really get into a bit of a checkbox activity. Yes. So are we reconnecting with our values, our purpose, our vision? I know for you and your work, you're all about like helping people connect in with their, their purpose and their mission. And I think that's something we want to make sure we build in time to do now or as we step into the season. Are we revisiting our purpose regularly before it really feels like we're in that, you know, whirlwind of just action, action, action. Oh, and I love that, you know, doing this, making this investment, let's talk contingency plan. How does that set you up for success in that? Yeah, well, contingency plans, yet another layer of this, right? Likely, it's not going to play out like you think it will. You know, whether it's a one-hour call that you're leading, virtual meeting, or your day, having a contingency plan in place is probably a great idea. 
today, as I smile, I was going to have no calls. I've wound up spending most of the day writing and on calls. And it's only 2 p.m., but I started my day at 5.30. So really, you know, contingency plan is started my day with my three big rocks. It grew to about six, but most of those are done. So if I choose, I can actually shut down and go get some exercise, enjoy some fresh air before you know, waking up tomorrow to a full day. So mm. really have the contingency plan. I'll just simply say this is like the A-cube version. That's what I used to call to my former world of work. Uh, again, leading in highly disrupted environments with the not only just the United Nations, but with the other organizations I worked with in the 90s. Uh, it was typical. I'd start the day with a list of three things. It would grow to 30 things. Many of those items would carry forward. And I had to learn to get comfortable with leading and working and collaborating in an environment that was very fluid. And I think that has been our world and will continue to be our world this fall. Because as much as, you know, meta plans, societal plans are being put in place, they could change in a minute's notice. And so planning for yourself is one thing. Planning for your business is another Planning for your team is yet another layer. And then planning for our family and loved ones is a whole other layer. So what are your contingency plans? And most importantly, get into action, which is our second block for today. You hold this space so well for me. This is the accountability we need in our lives. We can plan all day long, but if we're actually not taking action, it kind of can causes to lose a little bit of confidence. So the do is very important. And I love the whole thing that you have around daily steps, that daily steps plus consistent action equals momentum. I hear that running in the background as a motivator all the time. So I just love that throughout Plan Do Track. So tell us a little bit more about the importance of daily steps in the do bucket. Well, daily steps in the do bucket. And, it, and it's not just, the book was not just called plan, do, track. There's a lot of debate in this. It's like all one word. So if you look it up, it's like, it's all spelled plan, do, track, because there's an iterative cycle that needs to happen. We can plan and we got to get out and execute, try it out, experiment, right? I We've talked quite a bit, again, in this last year of experimentation. Let's try it out. Let's see what happens. And in fact, I want to share just a quick story with all our listeners just before uh, Michelle and I met this afternoon, I was reflecting. It was almost a year ago today when I picked up the phone or picked up email and said to you, hey, Michelle, what would you think about maybe doing a podcast together? It was August of 2019. Wow. And imagine if we hadn't decided to do this. We had no idea that 2020 would hold what it does. But certainly, I think this platform has been an important voice, not only for us, but for so many as uh, people have moved into the remote workspace, it's an honor for us to serve in this capacity. Yes. But part of what we did last summer was we had a bit of a plan and we said, let's just start doing it. And we started in earnest in September. You know, our first podcast finally came out, I think, early November. But if we hadn't gotten into that daily steps plus consistent action to get into some momentum, this whole project, this whole platform that we've created in the last year, would not exist. And it would have been very easy to say, we're not ready. You know, maybe we need to just do a little bit more research on how to have a perfect podcast. And we didn't. And again, you'll hear just the, the reality of the sounds around us, 
but we hope that the content is just as valuable as perhaps some of the little bells and whistles that we chose to move into action around first. So daily steps is key, as are the motivational factors. And I know for, you know, bringing it back to, to remote pathways, I was super excited last summer giving birth to this new body of work that is still in editing phase, but will be out in probably 2021. And really, you know, the motivation is hopefully always a piece that we're connecting in with. Otherwise, if we're not connecting in with our motivation on a regular basis, that's where burnout starts to happen. And I think maybe we earmark a call all around burnout and productivity because it's, it's becoming a big issue for so many right now. So when you're feeling like it's time to take a break in the remote space, chances are you're probably overdue. It's almost like the body needing water, right? When we get really thirsty, we've totally come out of balance. We're dehydrated at that stage. And I do, it's true. (laughs) Having lived in the tropics for many years, watch your hydration rates. But same thing with like burnout and, and like overwork. And I say that as someone throughout my career, probably because I've always worked in the remote space, always on that edge of like how much work is enough and when do I get into the space of overwork. So Mm. be connecting in uh, with your motivation and know when it's time to take a break. Again, breaks might look a little different today than I did a year ago, but what's going to help you recharge so that you can keep running and connecting in with why you do what you do. Yeah. And I can't help but think about all that motivates us One of the main things is hearing from all of you. We have received just amazing emails and uh, just phone calls about what an impact this podcast is making and helping bring just that organization and that structure and that just word of encouragement. Like, thank you that there is a pathway to follow through all of this um, because there's so much that's unknown. And that is such a motivator for us. We want to continue to hear your voice. So please, the pathway to communicate is open. Send us an email, a comment. Let us know how you're doing. Join us over in Facebook. You are part of our remote journey. So thank you for that. Thank you for being a main motivator in our lives. Oh, Michelle, and I, that's what I love about working with you is you uh, always bring us full circle, right? And, and I think one of the f- most fun things that we've done in this last year has been to introduce the community calls. Originally, they were going to be once a month. Now they're twice a month. If anyone's free on a Thursday morning around 7, 7.30 a.m. Eastern, drop on into my Zoom room and you'll join us. And typically we have our guest speakers on or Michelle and I do, uh, you know, a coaching activity where you can leave with some further clarity and insight. And I have to say, that's really one of the, my most favorite pieces of this project and the, uh, the podcast, you know, community that we're forming, you know, so it wasn't in the plan, but we've been doing it. And it's also a piece that is going to help us track, track impact, because we don't just do stuff to do stuff. We really want to be noticing the traction through our metrics, et cetera. So, <laughs> that always reminds me of that one episode for anyone listening, if you want to go back. I can't remember which one it was, but you were talking all about metrics. And then we were talking about metrics matter and show me the metrics. And so yeah, this whole tracking thing is really turned into an adventure for me. <laughs> it's a scientist in me, right? Again, I was trained as a scientist and I grew up in an era of management, right? When I became a young leader, 
it was all about what we termed in those days management by objectives. And what's really interesting, again, from a research meta level, like all things cycle through, right? I've always heard this all my life from my mom. Fashion cycles through. We're back to like the 1990s now. But in terms of leadership, in part because of the shift to remote work, we're back to the world of management by objectives. When you cannot see your collaborators, when you cannot see your partners every day, first of all, there's no way for us to micromanage. You cannot micromanage in a remote space, thankfully. <laughs> as, as a leadership approach, we need to make sure that we're being very clear on like, what are those success measures? So again, going back to our SMART goals or our pure goals, or even the FAST goals, like every organization right now is using a different goal framework, but be thinking about how you're tracking that. What will success look like? And that's the third part of plan, do track, right? Part of why I wanted to pull together a planning system was to also not just have a place to anchor things, but have a place for remote professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs to also track their movement. And in the last two years since releasing Coaching Business Builder and Plan Do Track, the emails I get are, I love the monthly daily trackers. Or, Jen, I'm so thankful that you included content trackers, right? When I went to build out this system, there's a piece around content because as we see now, everyone is a communicator. It doesn't matter whether you run your own business or you're part of a team. We're always communicating about what we do and how we can impact or serve others. So with that, let's dive into track as our final section. And metrics do matter. Yes, they do. And you know, this since we're on the go in so many different ways, I just appreciate the workbook and planner because I am now in the habit of that's where all my ideas go. I know it's in one Place and something about that just brings me so much peace. It brings some form of consistency, you know. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. And again, for those that might be curious, like what is Plan Do Track? It's not a daily planner. In fact, it's really a monthly, quarterly, annual planner. So, to Michelle's point, it's a place to really put all that stuff that years ago for me would be post-it note after post-it note, right? If you're in your own home office, there's only so much space that you have. And so this is really a place that you could put all those ideas, all of those ideas that consistently come up maybe in a daily planner as well that can get bundled together. Um, I think this really sort of takes you to like one of the first points I wanted to talk about in tracking is like, when are you building in time? And people here on the podcast will have heard me talk about the importance of micro pause, right? We really need to build in these micro pauses on a regular basis. Maybe for some, you have time to do it daily. I know for me in my life, I do it really weekly or sometimes even bi-weekly. But I like to like stop, pause and look back at not only my daily plans, but also my monthly plans and the quarterly plans. So taking that five to 15 minutes, really, it doesn't need to take a lot of time. But are we noticing? patterns that are starting to exist. And again, as much as some parts of the world have pivoted, I've been going back this summer and looking at the tracking from the last two years. So I started tracking using my own trackers um, as they're published, you know, two years ago, June. And it's quite interesting to see that my trackers haven't changed that much. Now, some might have, because again, I've been remote, remote for many years. But just be noticing your your data, and that really can create some new insights, which will then feed into your learning, right? It's, it's going back to that experimentation. When we do something, what's the data saying? What's the data saying now? 
what's the data saying a year from now? But if we don't write it down, if we don't note it down, we're not going to remember it, first of all, let alone be able to track it. So it's part of that learning iteration. Yeah, I can totally, I appreciate this too. Again, that you just kind of brought this more into my life, brought it to the surface because, you know, I can lie to myself. I can, I can lie to myself and say, oh, you know, this is going really, really great. And da 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 because, you know, I'm more on that mindset, but the data can show me, no, you're off course. No matter how you feel about this experience, go back and actually look at what it says, learn from the information and, and what will it take for it to be a great experience, you know? So it doesn't, it, it tells the truth. <laughs> so I appreciate that anchor as well. Yeah, numbers are numbers. And, and again, to your point, Michelle, you're not alone in that. I think many of us want to overinflate how we're really doing, right? A planner is for you. You might have an accountability partner or an accountability group, but in your own planner, really be honest. You know, this is, this is something that's going to give you that data over time. And when things are going well, yes, let's celebrate. When things aren't going well, maybe that's a signal, hey, I need some support. Yeah. And one of our future episodes that we're going to be talking about is around co-working. Maybe now is the time to think about you know, really mixing up your routine. Because for most people, they've now been in a work from home environment since March. So we've had March, April, May, June, July, August, six months. What have you learned after six months of working this way? Is it working? Is it not working? I'm sure there are elements that need a change. And as many workspaces are continuing in this pattern for a few more months, maybe even another nine months or longer or forever, you know, what are the small things you want to change to help you? And I saw a great article. I would, I wish I had noticed the author's name, but they were talking about people working at like a kitchen table with a lawn chair, right? Like, and imagine what is your body even saying? Is it time now to invest in a good chair before you really get further into a volume of work where you don't have time? or where you can't physically or literally go out again. Um, And that may be the case in certain countries. Again, everyone around the world is going to be in a very different experience. So as much as we want to plan, do, and track, I think there's also an element of we want to plan, renew, and track as well. That's big. Plan, do, track, renew. (laughs) Yes. That's so good. Yes, which that's woven throughout. Again, another great appreciation I have for your body of work are those pauses, right? So that renewal can actually happen. So thank you for another wonderful episode. This is a great topic. We can't wait to hear your voices as you engage with these materials. Let us know what's working for you. What do you like? What's not working? Come join us in the conversation. We welcome your voice at the virtual table. Until next time, Jen, see you soon. See you, Michelle. Take care. 